Hello everyone. Welcome to another rendition of Contact Lost, the podcast about the Polish competitive scene. And uh, today uh, we have a slight change of uh, the person in charge. So uh, leading uh, the conversation is Joker tonight, everyone. And uh, I am joined today by your usual host, Tweek. Hi guys. And our special guest uh, Pumba has returned. Hello everybody. Hey guys, uh, glad you could join today. So uh, today we're going to finally, um, because I'm sure a lot of you have been waiting in anticipation, uh, we're going to review what army has Tweak picked up and uh, this is also a reason why we've invited Pumba here because uh, he's probably one of the best people in Poland to talk about this army as well. So uh, for those of you that have been following us on Facebook and Instagram, I'm pretty sure this is no surprise, but um, I'm going to do a drum roll and let Tweak reveal the big secret. So what have you chosen? Yeah, so uh, that was fantastic. The, the 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 army I have chosen uh, is the army that I've played for a very short while in seventh, uh, and then due to family reasons, I had to sell it out after just one tournament that I played, uh, which was an amazing tournament, and I really loved the army. So I'm even more excited to have it back now, and uh, I have chosen Space Wolves. So woohoo for the Vikings. Uh, I have already started collecting them, assembling them. I'll be posting some uh, uh, work in progress pictures on our Instagram. Um, so yeah, Space Wolves it is. All right. So now with the big review out of the way, uh, I think it is no more a secret that we're going to be talking Space Marines. Uh, maybe not in general, but yeah, we're going to be focusing tonight on Space Wolves. Uh, but also on the new reviews of Black Templars and uh, the Kill Team Strike Force from uh, the Octarius supplement that's just been out on pre-order uh, last Saturday. And um, we've also got uh, some announcements. Uh, so Tweaks already mentioned the giveaway. Uh, stay tuned to find out who's won uh, the amazing mini that we've got. And also, um, we want to do uh, an episode regarding a potential burnouts in the hobby or any sorts of, I know, issues one might have, frustrations, feeling down. And uh, to that end, Tweak has designed and posted yeah. this survey. So um, he's shared that everywhere. So if any one of you had ever felt down playing Warhammer or any part of the hobby not necessarily playing, uh, let us know, and uh, we've we have already a very special guest lined up to talk about that, and I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Uh, but that's next week or sometime in the future. Uh, so let's just go back to the topic at hand for today. Right. So, uh, Tweek, you've already told us what you've chosen. Um, any particular reasons why you've gone for Space Wolves? Uh, yeah. I mean. Apart from the wonderful aesthetic of the army, uh, I you know I, I just love 
the Nordic uh, theme. And I've been playing around with uh, a bunch of uh, Redemptor Dreadnoughts. I'm, I'm building one right now using some bits from the uh, Venerable Dreadnought box. And I must tell you that it's such a fantastic source of, of bits uh, that complement the, the Redemptor Dreadnought model. Uh, you know, it, you can do pretty much anything. So I'll, I'll post a picture of that one later because like you can you can give it spikes you can give it uh, i don't know some glyphs skulls uh, it almost makes almost looks like uh, you know uh, a, a corn uh, redemptor dreadnought or something but it's 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 a viking one so it's wonderful uh, but that's the 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 aesthetic but also uh, i like to think of this army as an interesting tool set that you can pick and choose from um i've gone through well, as, as you know, I mentioned in the previous episodes, I, I was torn between um, a, a bunch of armies, including like Chaos Demons, uh, White Scars, uh, Guard, the Tyranids, and so on. But um, to me, this army felt like, as I said, the best like toolbox uh, that has plenty of things to offer. Uh, it also forces you to think a little bit. It's not just that you're going to pick a build that you found on the internet and you are going to steamroll through all the tables and so on. Um, but yeah, as I said, there, there is there is uh, a lot to choose from. So um, I played a bunch of games. I've actually been to, to a small tournament with this list or with this army uh, to a 1K tournament, uh, an overnight tournament that took place, I think, two weeks ago. Um, so I had a run with this. I could, you know, play test and see how it feels. Um, the general build that I used for that was, uh, it was only 1k, so I brought uh, a Primaris Chaplain on bike, um, two intercessor, like Assault Intercessor squads, um, and on top of that I had a Redemptor Dreadnought uh, with Plasma, the, the, the Gatling Cannon, and the uh, Icarus, and well, two Storm, storm Bolters. And then I also brought um, two units of uh, Wolfguard, on jam packs with claws and shields and a drop pod with a long and multi melter and then you know we played a game yesterday uh where i decided to improve that list and to build it up to two two thousand points so a two thousand point list would also include a chapter master with two claws also on the jam pack um with frost claws and sort of the imperium i think uh to make him have like eight attacks strength six and you know and two damage um and he 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 is just an amazing uh beat stick i also brought a jump pack librarian with um a, a bunch of spells to cast during the game like fight last or turning on assault phase for for one unit um the the chappy was also there then two redemptor dreadnoughts one venerable dreadnought with a with an axe and uh a shield and i think that was it yeah i think that's oh that term it. sorry we've got term terminators um also just to try them out uh with hammers and, and shields so uh, this arm I, I feel this army is amazing the stratagems are great uh each of them costs like one uh, CP, which is you know very moderate, I would say, and 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 I really like it that you you know you can turn on uh, the assault phase in three different ways. I think for this army, uh, and it's crucial because uh, uh, it, it plays as successors. So whirlwind of rage, exploding sixes, 
uh, and Born Heroes, which is plus one to hit on the charge. Uh, and uh, with combined with the Super Doctrine, that's what uh, Space Wolves have. You have uh, in the Assault phase, you have uh, Exploding Sixes that give you two hits, which means that, as I said, you can turn the Assault phase for three units in three different ways in one turn, because you can do that with um, with a spell, you can do that with a stratagem from the Space Wolves book, and you can do that with a stratagem from Space Marine book, where you turn on all three doctrines for, for a unit. So in the future, I think I'm going to run three units of Wolf Guard on jam packs. So I'm going to uh, resign from the, um, uh, the Terminators, and instead of them, I'm going to bring uh, a unit of Wolf Guard with claws and, and shields. And that way I'll have, you know, the possibility to to have all three of them be in the assault phase earlier than by turn three. So, yeah, it, it, it's just, as I said, it's just an amazing uh, toolkit that you can use. And, and I haven't found something like that in, in any other army. And it's just a pure joy to run them on the table. Okay, well, that was very comprehensive. Thanks for that. Uh, you've actually answered two of the further questions I had uh, before I asked them. So well done you. Um, <laughs> all right then, Pumba. You know the power armored uh, poster boys through and through. So what's your take on the Space Wolves? So um, Space Wolves are space, space Marines, which is both good and horrible at the moment. Um, Earlier uh, in the edition, so like the beginning when everyone hasn't gotten the, their book yet, I felt uh, Space Wolves were probably the best Marines you could, you could take. Um, not only were they, uh, do they have the best toolkit of any Space Marines, uh, especially Combat Space Marines, but they are pretty, re they, they can depend on smaller squads which is one of the main weaknesses of Space Marines in general, even now, that they are way too expensive, probably, for what they do, especially for their defensive stats. At the, at the beginning of the edition, that wasn't such a big problem, as uh, profiles, uh, offensive profi profiles of, uh, of other codexes were not updated yet. But currently, anything can deal pretty easily with uh, typical power armor dudes, and even the best units of the codex, like space, uh, like Van Vanguard veterans or Wolfguard for space wolves, struggle to keep themselves alive for longer periods of time. So, the space wolves have have the ability um, to rely on smaller squads uh, because of their super doctrine, because of their toolkit with stratagems, because of many fights lasts. They can just. Even if you, especially if uh, you're taking, as you are, tweak um, the successor chapter of Born Heroes and Weary of Rage, which is a very typical choice for them at the moment, uh, I would say that even if you leave a couple of guys standing, they can actually make a big difference, which is something other Space Mar uh, Marine chapters, especially melee space, space Marine chapters, lack. So I like them in this um, weird, they have this weird spot in which they can actually make up for um, for lacks of other chapters. Yeah, plus uh, the important factor is, I think, um, I don't know, for me, uh, 
I was looking for for an army that is not static. So out of all the Space Marines, uh, I think you know the the, the combat ones, Blood, Blood Angels uh, or Space Wolves, are the most appealing. Um, I didn't particularly like um, the concept of Ultramarines uh, or I think Dark Angels, who also seem to me like a fairly static army. But then Pumbaa, you 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 can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that they they're mostly about shooting. I believe Iron Hands uh, do something similar. They they you know excel in the uh, uh, Devastator doctrine, and uh, this isn't something exactly for me. Um, I used to play you know in eight throughout the I think the majority of eight I used to play uh, uh, an Eldar soup, so like a mixture of Craft uh, World and Drukari. Um, and to me, the biggest appeal of the army was its speed. So it was like all over the place, you know, with all the jet bikes and, and, and whatnot. Um, so when I was picking my army now, I was also looking for army that is mobile and uh, Wolfguard on jump packs and, and, you know, all the all the heroes on jump packs or special characters, well, not special characters, but characters on jump packs, um, they really add uh, speed to this army and the chaplain on bike who goes like 20 inches uh, with you know uh, turbo boost and so on uh, giving litanies uh, somewhere 20 inches away on the table that's huge that's massive that's like great and Wolfguard are uh, I think like Vanguard vets but are the only ones that are actually cheaper by I don't know how many two points or, or three points or something like that but they are kitted out with with claws and storm shields they are actually cheaper than their space marine codex counterparts the vanguard vets um and i think the reason for that is that they cannot combat squad so this is exactly what you said uh you cannot take them in a unit of 10 and then break them up into five you can only bring them in units of five and that's it but i mean with, uh, mm -hmm. uh you can take them in tens but you, you just are set into like a squad of 10 and you can never split them yeah that's what i meant so so it was like a mental shortcut but yeah and then as you said um uh, the the five guys with claws uh with um whirlwind of rage and the super doctrine they spit out so many attacks like i saw joker's face when i was like attacking him with these yesterday and he was <laughs> cursing all the time because there were so many sixes that, that exploded you know into two further hits and bear in mind those are hits not hit rolls which means they like are automatic and, and you just have to convert them into wound rolls with re-rolls which is really nasty so yeah an, an amazing unit all, all together and if i could take more than three i would definitely do so yeah uh if we're talking about fast armies like that have you considered white scars though because from 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 all of the chapters of Space Marines, the the only problem that that Space Wolves, Wolves have is actually their lack of advance and charge, which is currently a huge um, downside to have in your melee army. So I've considered White Scars, but again, the, 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 those were the last two armies that I that I, that, that were left on the battlefield, so to say, and I chose uh, Space Wolves. Uh, just because their aesthetics spoke to me more. Uh, but uh, I also, you know, looked into the the abilities that uh, the army has. And Space Wolves have this unique sort of uh, mechanic that no other army has in their sagas. Uh, 
and I tried out the I think it's called the saga of the hunter so I think that that's probably the, the the default one well not the default one but the one that people choose the most which uh, basically says that if your character that has the saga charges anything his saga becomes active and that saga is that he allows units within six inches of him so it's an aura so units within six inches of him to advance and charge which solves the problem that you have just spoken about and then again if you take it for example on a chaplain that is on a bike that goes 20 inches that's a massive threat range so with the jump pack uh, infantry that you can bring that can you know just jump between ruins and so on it seems like it solves a lot of problems and then with all the fight lasts as you mentioned and all the other tools that they have it just seems to have all the answers that I might need. Yep, I see what you mean. It definitely patches a hole. Um, I'm just not 100% sure it does the same thing because to actually activate this saga, as you said, you need to charge first, right? Yeah. So your your character is already on the front line. If he's on the front line by himself, uh, without the rest of the army supporting him by charging after advancing, he might be screwed. But yeah, uh, you can play around it, and you can actually make a good use of the, the of the saga you mentioned. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm not saying that this is uh, like the best solution. It's probably situational, because there will be armies that would punish you horribly for uh, you know just uh, advancing through the battlefield, you know, going full maverick and then trying to charge something. Uh, you might charge into something and kill it, and just you know, stay in the middle of the field waiting until something comes and kills you. So uh, that's what I said at the beginning. This army also involves some thinking. It's not, mm-hmm. um, as I said, you're not going to steamroll through the battlefield. You you have to have tactics. You need to plan. Um, you need to choose the right missions and play to the mission as well. So, so yeah, I, I just like it because, you know, not all the things are obvious. There are some gotchas that I have to explain before uh, the battle. Uh, there is still a plethora of rules to, to memorize, and I keep forgetting some of them. Joker is my witness. So, uh, so yeah, it has a learning curve, which is great. And then it's really, you know, it's not the top army. So, again, if you win, the satisfaction is even bigger. Absolutely. Yep, I see what you mean. Yeah, so Tweak, you've mentioned a couple of units you've been taking, and those were... Uh... And among them were many popular choices like the Redemptor Dread, uh, Wolfguard slash Van Vets, uh, the Primaris Chaplain on Bike, I think he's an auto-include in any Marine Army. Faithful, yeah. Uh, so, um, Pumba, what do you think of those? And um, is there any unit you might recommend that Tweak might be missing from the book? Um, so the choices you've mentioned are definitely solid. Because um, the Space Marines at this point are a one-year-old book and constantly evolving meta. So you, if you want to make a list, you kind of um, base your ideas around something that was already probably tested, at least partially. It's hard to reinvent the wheel without new rules. So all of the uh, choices, like Redemptor Dreads, um, Wolfguard Squads, the Chaplain, they are all super solid and I would definitely take them. From things that are unusual for other space space marines, but I have considered when playing space wolves for for some period of time, were definitely um, the assault marine squads uh, with 
whatever they are called in Space Wolf specifically, because they are not called called Assault Marines there, but uh, Skyclaws, Sky I think. Yeah. yeah. I think Skyclaws have a place, actually. They, they, they can um, take better weapons, I believe, and they have a ton of attacks. Because of their special doctrine and all of the buffs that Space Wolves have, have um, they just can actually make some work. And they are cheap. Relatively very cheap. Yeah, the so, only thing that I find off-putting about them, um, and I left my codex in the other room, so I'll, I'll, I will probably run for it in a second, but I think one of the rules that, that they have is that the Skyclaws have to charge the closest unit that they are next to. Yes, I think it's called that's, a headstrong that's, or something like that, which that I find... absolutely correct. Yeah. So, so, so to me, uh, you know, uh, like taking into consideration, for example, the game that we were playing with Joker yesterday, he was playing Drukari, and uh, I hardly ever... Uh, well, there was hardly ever a situation where he would charge me with just one thing or be close to me with just one thing. There were like three or four. So it would take um, an extreme effort to position those sky claws in such a way to to charge exactly what I want to charge. And I can see um, room for failure there, or at least you know room for trip ups if 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 not played right. Uh, which just adds a little bit level of complexity, which I don't know if I need right now. But uh, everything else that you said, yes, absolutely. They are they are very versatile. They can take uh, like extra weapons. They are cheap. Uh, they have ob objective secured. So so uh, there are more advantages than disadvantages about them. Yep. I think they're um, they are a great trading unit, especially early on. Against some factions, you just need to put something in an objective or trade in a a unit that someone has put on the objective uh, and you don't want to do that with your expensive uh, hitter units. Yeah. If you have another uh, forward objective, if you're playing a mission that has objectives in the middle, which is most of them, you just want to trade. Uh, some, someone uh, might just start the game, send a weak unit uh, to the middle, and then you have a problem of why? how am I going to remove them if they are, for example, out of the out of shooting lanes, right? If they are, cannot be shot down from like to them to dreads, and that's that's the thing I, in which I think the Skyclose might excel at. But that's a very situational thing, yeah. I think I'm just like pointing you towards something you might consider, yeah, because it's only very dependent uh, yeah. on the terrains you're playing, on the people you're playing, on the, your local meta, as all less building is, to be honest. Yeah, plus I see that, you know, uh, the Redentron Dreads are, like, they automatically become bullet magnets if I don't start. Like, uh, all my opponents go out of their way to, to, to shoot them down. So usually, I I don't think, I've played, like, seven games with this army already in the span of, like, I don't know, three weeks or, or maybe eight games. And I don't think I maybe started one of those in all the other games. My redemption, at least one of the redemptions was like was like at half health or something like that. So if there is anything I can do or any other unit I can take that will not immediately be a bullet magnet and you know will, will make my enemy well have a hard think about what they actually want to do because they cannot target anything, then yeah, absolutely. But I have a question of of my own um, because I observe uh, from the very beginning of the ninth edition that I struggle greatly with the secondary choice. 
I never know which ones exactly to, to, to choose, and I never know how to best execute them. Like, you know, I, the, 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 one, the three that I've been most commonly going with are, um, oh, Jesus, what is it called? Engage on all fronts. Engage on all fronts. Use data and, and oaths of something. Exactly. Oaths of, of the moment. Yeah. So oaths, because it, it sounds like automatic points almost with an army that hardly ever fails morale, uh, that can fairly reliably hold middle and uh, that uh, can kill. So that's that's good, that's positive. Yeah, I, I like the trust. I think also moments, oaths are absolutely the best secondary mission in the game. Yeah, so 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 you can pretty reliably uh, score that. And then I take engage on all fronts and retrieve Octarius data, but I find that having three troop units so two assault intercessor squads and one infiltrator squad um, is often not enough. I try to outflank one of them. So the the sorry the the intercessor squad they usually come from the side, so they can do Octarius data probably once and then they die. Uh, I I just don't see any other missions that I can take that would be you know fairly doable. So I try with these. Oh, I have two cyber wolves in the list as well. So cyber wolves also like they run fast. They they help do both outs and uh, uh, engage on all fronts, but they cannot do Octarius. Um, so do you have any any suggestions on you know what missions are best for space marines or space wolves? So um, I would say space marines cannot do uh, Octarius data reliably at all. I have fallen into this trap before, and I would never take the secondary Space Marines with any common list. I guess there's always a, uh, a possibility someone might do a list just designed around it, but I don't think it's a good choice. Also are definitely great, especially when you have Cyber Wolves, other unit that is absolutely excellent. If you, ha if you ever struggle with secondaries um, in Space Marines, something you might consider is adding storm speeder storms into your list. I think it's one of the best, if not actually the best units in the codex of Space Marines. I'm not kidding. I think I've won plenty of games this edition, probably in tens of games, just because I had them. They have 18 inches of movement uh, with toughness six and seven wounds and four up save, and they cost 55 points. They, <laughs> are, they are a mission they are key to making all of your quarters every turn. They can hold the middle like no one else. If you don't start, you just fly into the middle to do your oaths and use your one. And even if you don't start and fly into the middle with one of these, it's not actually easy to take them down unless you put some actual firepower in there. Yeah. Because that's that's seven wounds of toughness six. Even with a four-up save, that's not going down to just random shooting. How like did they miss that unit? <laughs> Sounds crazy. That, yeah, that's actually one of the best. Space Marine book. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm seriously. I have lists in which I have I run like five of these. I'm not kidding. Just by because they are dedicated transport, you can actually take plenty. Of course, there's always like a, a point in which they don't do enough because their offensive power isn't big. It's not. Like it's non-existent almost, 
is one heavy boulder. Um, if you're if we are talking secondaries, the space wolves have a pretty nice secondary of um, when they charge after they charge in the turn, uh, they get three victory points, I believe, right? Something like that, yeah. I think you need to be in two combats. Uh, or charge. Or but charges. I, yeah. But I think, Joker, so you're, you're, mixing up two, the, think. you're mixing up the wolves' uh, mission with Space Marines' mission. No, 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 space... no, no, no. I think they can... I'm just like going to double-check that. But I'm pretty sure uh, they, can, they need to be in either charge this turn with two units or be in combat with two units. And that's one of the, the missions that I would consider, um, yeah, Warrior's Pride. Score three victory points at the end of your turn if two or more Space Wolf units from your army are within a gadget range or an enemy of any enemy units or have completed a charge move. This is doable. You can reliably score probably like nine points from this in most of your games. You're not going to do this first turn, but after that, for uh, like in many games, you can score like in three turns, and that gives you pretty surely nine points. And the other option, except for uh, Engage of Our Fronts, which is great, and Ops of Moment, which is amazing, is probably a mission one, or a flex spot is called, right? Uh, if your opponents give out something, you probably take that. Like no prisoners, for example, against Necrons. Or uh, lots of uh, vehicles, if you can reliably kill them, of course. If he's, um, let's say, Drukari, you might consider taking Assassinate because they rely heavily on their characters for offense. So they will be exposed. So basically it's a, or you take a mission secondary um, because on missions like Priority Target um, or the one on Quarters, there are missions you can just basically take for free and they will definitely score your points, like controlling the middle of the table, of course. Thank you. I will do that. Otherwise, I will actually lose. So, yeah. Might as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, priority target is the best one, probably, uh, because it just actually requires you to control... I'm skipping the details, but it, it actually requires you to control uh, a point in your deployment zone at the end of your turn. So it's three points every every single turn. So um, the, two, the two are basically... You're always thinking oaths as Space Marines, Whichever chapter you are playing, I think. Uh, you either take the quarters or you take the. It used to be called domination. I, I think it's called stranglehold. Yep. Yeah. It's also very viable in for many missions, especially ones with like four or five objective markers, because it's easier to um, gain control of all. Uh, it, it requires you um, to control more than half of the objective markers or at least three and more than your opponent. It was a slight change from old domination. And that's one um, which, in which, which you would like to score, because on many missions, like if you have five objectives and you're not controlling three, then probably your uh, at the end of the turn, then probably your opponent is controlling three, and that's him gaining 15 points from primary. So you need to deny that to win the game either way. So, so sometimes sometimes that mission is better than quarters because quarters requires you to go out to every um, part of the table and if you are not in every part of the table you score like 10 points uh, and from the other one you probably will score like 12 
it's a small change, but uh, sometimes it just makes a big, big difference. Yeah, and Gage on all fronts, especially, seems. I, I always feel heartbroken when I pick this mission because to me, it, it ultimately means sacrifice a unit. Like, send something and it will most likely die. So, if it's a tripped unit, it should at least be cheap. Um, so, yeah, Skyclaw or, or Grey Hunters or something could, could potentially go and do that. But then you were saying goodbye to them. Uh, I was thinking of maybe a stronger unit outflanking them, like, I don't know, Eradicators, for example, outflanking them, then entering the battlefield, doing like Engage on All Fronts or Octarius Beta, and then for one CP, you can, you can, you know, make them shoot and without breaking the action. I think so, it's for two CPs. Is I'm it for two? Could be for I two. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. could be for two. So, but but still, yeah. So I, I was thinking about that, but then is it really worth it? Mm, again, it, they, they turn into a throwaway unit and they are too expensive to be a throwaway unit. So it's not a perfect tactic, but still something to consider. But yeah, what you said uh, definitely makes sense. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a think. Yeah, I really like that point on Stranglehold versus um, engaging all fronts and the fact that Stranglehold actually couples well with the fact that you want to deny your opponent primary points. So yeah, that's a very, very nice one. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can actually take oaths and one of the missions from the Space Wolf supplement. You absolutely can, yes. That's some Space Marine cheating there. <laughs> Good thing they're overcosted. Uh, right out. Um, I can think. I have, can I have one more question? Okay. Yeah, just one. Uh, since we have an expert here, Pumba, what's your take on uh, bringing a librarian in a Space Marine Army, a single librarian in a Space Marine Army in the current meta? Um, and, you know, a Space Wolves librarian, perhaps, specifically. Um, the powers. I can name at least three from the top of my head that are amazing, that are worth having. But does it make sense to sacrifice things like uh, a Horde Witch, for example, uh, by bringing a single dude that can cast something? So um, that's a very tough question currently, mm -hmm. uh, because just let's not beat around the bush. Space Marines are in a tough position currently in the meta. And it all comes down to costs of the codex. Of the codex. Like the pure power, the toolkit of most uh, chapters is great, but just the cost, costs of the army aren't, which is a big problem, especially when playing against extremely cheaply um, costed armies like Drukhari. Um, and because of that, one of the things that um, how the, the Space Marines list transformed during the addition is cutting down the HQs. Our HQ choices are very expensive comparatively for what they do, for, the, for their offensive and defensive stats as well. Uh, and you just need this extra, these extra points to matter, to matter a lot. And it's always um, a balancing act of choosing if that extra librarian with his powers, which are absolutely amazing in Space Wolves, because they are, mm -hmm. are worth those like 100 or something points. There are two main routes you can cut down on your expenses on things that I don't believe matter currently. First is troops. 
I think troops in Space Marines are the worst slot. And you want to take a single squad of incursors of infiltrators and nothing more ever. I'm not kidding. Because they absolutely don't do anything. To hold down an objective in the back, you don't need the OPSEC, actually. So you can do that with a Fenrisian Wolf or some servitors or anything that doesn't cost like 100 points or something. Um, and then you cut down on HQs. And it's the balancing act of what exactly, how much points do you exactly need? I think he is one of the things I would consider uh, cutting from the list if you find that your trading is not good enough. Especially in Space Wolves uh, and in kind of list that I think you're running in which you rely on small squads. Because if you do, uh, and with your uh, specific chapter tactic, you actually don't need the support so badly for the squads. They are meant to be uh, self-reliant, very much so. So they just run off by themselves and it's it's possible they will just do what they are meant to do and trade well by themselves without the help of the librarian. Okay, that's fair. Although, I mean, I don't completely agree with what you've said. You need to make every point count. So uh, even when you bring characters, like I, I myself brought three to yesterday, yesterday's game, I made sure that all the characters are, you know, like aren't to, to, the, to the, I don't know, to the T with uh, everything they could bring. So the Chaffee had uh, like an extra weapon. I can't remember the name now, but it's from the Space Marines book for Chaplain specifically that makes him damage. Benediction of Fury. Benediction of Fury. Yes, thank you. The Librarian was the one wearing the, the armor of Russ uh, yep. to, to have this fight last. And then uh, the the chapter master had uh, the uh, cross claws to to just hit harder, basically. They all had uh, uh, warlord traits. The chapter master had two because he had hunter and he had uh, I think it was rights of war, or maybe the librarian had rights of war. And the um, uh, the chapter master had imperial sword again, mm -hmm. to hit harder. So I was happy with that choice, but uh, yeah, Joker rightfully pointed out that I had a, a librarian who had armor of Ross and a spell to make something fight last, which might not be a healthy thing because if he dies, I lose two, two, two important like tools with one character. So I might reconsider how I place armor of Ross. But then, yeah, I guess the, the, the question is, are Grey Knights, are Thousand Suns prevalent enough to stop me from bringing a Librarian at all? I think Abhor the Witch isn't a factor so much. I don't believe like taking a Librarian or not taking him should come down to Abhor the Witch. I think it's a very um, specific thing. In my, you might regret bringing him uh, if you come against Grey Knights or Thousand Sounds, but I don't think it. If you are planning on making an all commerce list, unless your like local meta is just filled to the brim with those armies, I don't think it should matter at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's also a, f a factor that made me choose that army. Is first of all, uh, 
yeah, I, as I said, I really like it. Second of all, the players who play this army, uh, you know, uh, like abroad, like, I, and I have to give a shout out to a person who inspired me. So, um, uh, Hamie Paris, for example, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I read his lists and uh, and I heard his, an interview with him, and he just sounds so confident with this with this list and what it what it can do that I wish I was in that place um, uh, already. Um, yeah, uh, the local meta. So so I think that uh, the, the the biggest thing that I need to focus on is uh, the local meta that we have in Tree City. Uh, of course, I'm going to travel, I'm going to go to some tournaments, but this is not going to be my bread and butter. This is going to happen on an off day. And in our local meta, I think, uh, you know, any player that knows his army well and, and knows how to play the mission well can win a tournament. So uh, the army is a secondary thing and you just have to play with something that you like. So yeah, Space Wolves it is. Right. So now I think we have actually covered Space Wolves quite well. And uh, I think we've actually gone on for quite a bit of time. So maybe let's move on to the next topic and uh, let's discuss the chapter that can't actually take any librarians. So they will be considering that for sure. And that's obviously the Black Templars. So um, I don't know, maybe we should just scroll through the supplement and discuss any standouts. So uh, I don't know, uh, let's start with uh, the Black Templar Super Doctrine, uh, which is a bit unusual to the other chapters or supplements um, in the fact that you actually get four of which you pick one at the beginning of the game. So you don't have to put in your roster, which is convenient. However, are they any good, Boomba? Your thoughts? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'm, I've thought about this so hard, like for 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 this, like for last week. Um, and I think the only one that's worth considering is Uphold the Honor of the Emperor. So the one everyone's talking about. Mm. Uh, so the one that gives you a 5 plus Envon across your whole army with a small transhuman, so you're ignoring wound rolls of 1 and 2. And it prevents you from gaining benefits of cover. Because the, the problem with them, uh, if someone doesn't know, is that they all have a drawback. And they are significant. They are so significant. Like, <laughs> not being able to fall back just basically means the accept any challenge no matter the odds that the, the vow that's connected to it is non-existent to me you, oh, you yeah, can't play around that yeah because the opponent charges you he doesn't kill you you stay in combat so he's safe from shooting and then he activates first and wipes your unit off Done. it's terrible I'm not, I'm not kidding it's terrible i think um so yeah i think you can make an army around the up called the honor of emperor and it's one of the most polarizing rules I think I've seen internet and the community discuss. I think many people are overestimating it uh, and I'm on defense. I think it's absolutely great on some things, but it does weaken the part to where you cannot um, uh, cannot benefit from, from cover. Actually weakens one of the best units of the Space Marine Codex, so like Van Vets with shields or Blade Guard veterans. Mm. Because they cannot 
ever have a one plus save in cover now. And it's a big I mean, drawback. Yeah. I mean, if you think, if, if we take a step back, and if you, if you just look at those rules in general, I, I had such high hopes for the Black Templars. I even, you know, at some point when I heard they were coming out, I, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll wait with my choice because maybe these guys will be amazing. However, Games Workshop did something that I believe any company that releases, uh, you know, a game shouldn't do, which is to give someone a choice between something cool, but also losing something. And Vows and Passions is that system that does both. Like, you cannot, you, you, you have to like sacrifice something in order to have something cool. Now, what you've spoken about, so uphold the honor of the emperor, it is cool. The vow is cool. But if you think about it in detail, the five class environmental save, you need to think what really benefits from that. Because um, like if you think about, I don't know, the, the like infantry units in Space Marines Army, any ones that you would use, those would probably be, as you said, van vets with storm shields, who already have a four plus invulnerable. That would be uh, blade guard vets that already have invulnerable. And anything else? I guess some infantry units, but yeah. So I so think invulnerable save is pretty standard already, and it's better than, than a five plus. So that five plus will only go to vehicles. And then if you are bringing a lot of vehicles, is that five plus enough for them? I don't know. I'm not sure yet, but I do think it makes some space running vehicle very viable. And I think this 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 is one of the worst design choices. Uh, like this being the absolutely the best um, option for choosing your vow because it might turn black templars into a shooting army because my first lists just look like like ultramarine lists or iron hands lists mm -hmm. of old and like free dreadnoughts like actually gladiators because now you can make them in von so it makes sense to take some and it opens choices for things that never played in this edition, like when were never considered for any list. But at the same time, it transitions the army into a whole different direction, which I don't think it was meant to, or at least I don't believe it should. Because uh, probably, it, yeah, mm -hmm, go on, just um, cycle forks. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, uh, that's a very good comparison. I think it might just make uh, Black Templars if you focus around this and you might be forced to if you want to play the army is just make a vehicle spam list with uh, like a good solid melee support but as a support or like a counter to enemies combat not as a melee army itself. But the problem with that I think is that the codex or the, well, the supplement doesn't really support that um let's say build with stratagems because the stratagems seem still to be more oriented around combat than shooting so you can of course you can use all the stratagems from the original space marines book as well which is good but then a shooting army on vehicles just sounds like something that even despite the five plus invulnerable save will go down quickly 
and might not be able to perform the missions well. But that's just my take. Yeah, so um, I think the stratagems are one of the biggest weaknesses of the book because what they've done, and it's, um, to be honest, I think it's this, this supplement reads to me like a Blood Angel supplement. Very much. Yes, very, very. Much. Uh, and I'm I was a Blood Angels player myself, and I died inside when I looked at the book, because we were uh, like Blood Angels lost every cool stratagem in their book, and it, I don't think it's so bad in here, because there are some really good standouts, but losing advance and charge, or the devout push, like the actually going into combat, mm -hmm. stuff like that is backbreaking for an army for a melee army. As I've talked before, I think um, I think advance and charge is one of the things you must have now, and they just don't in any sort of way. Uh, and yes, I have the same, like, a fear that non, not, nothing other than actually this production supports this um, shooting build. But I don't think that it matters, because um, sometimes the only problem, except for points with uh, Space Marine vehicles, they are overcosted, most of them. But yeah, um, some aren't. And those uh, which are considerable lack that invon. If like a Toughness 8 vehicle, it's actually somewhat survival on its own. And like grabbing it, um, grabbing that 5 plus invulnerable save might actually make it stand out. Uh, what Will it gonna? Uh, will it be enough to make the army uh, play super well? I'm not sure. I still think it might be a little shit because you're still relying on um, pretty open tables to be able to use those uh, vehicles to their advantage. And I don't think, at least I'm not playing on such an open tables. We are playing mostly on WTC terrain, uh, which is very close comparatively. Uh, and this is where the army might struggle. But if you have more open terrains, I think it might do work. And that 5 plus invent is uh, more important in deployments and missions and terrain, which makes you deploy uh, like on the open, right? Yeah. And I mean, uh, if you skew it to team tournaments, you might get a table with no forest so that passion doesn't really apply to your vehicles because they don't receive the benefit of flight cover anyway and without any forests on the table then you're not really losing on dense cover that isn't there so that might work then but then there are probably armies that just fill that role better aren't there uh, i mean considering team tournaments i'm not even sure that i'm not sure this supplement does enough. does enough to make space marines like as a big faction which it is uh, like all these chapters are a big faction basically uh in in team tournaments i don't think it brings them close to viable in there i don't think it skews them enough i don't think there's enough raw power here especially with the costs so i I wanted to leave that question uh, more towards the end, but I cannot help myself and ask it now. Back in, let's call it the first season of our show, so when 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 we were doing like the first nine episodes, we had Tiffles on, and he spoke about uh, team tournaments and going to the WTC and I think choosing 
the national team for Poland uh, because he, he was in the, like the selecting committee. And uh, back then, which is like a year ago, uh, he said something that I considered very controversial because he said that at the top of like Space Marine uh, meta, he said, I believe that in the year uh, from now, Space Marines aren't going to even make the top eight. So they are not even going to be viable to take to a team tournament. Fast forward one year, <laughs> we have a bunch of supplements out. Would you agree with what, you know, Typhus has foreshadowed, so to say? Uh, yes, because I've said so myself, basically. <laughs> mm. After, after like, uh, after I saw two of my like most favorite armies, so Death Watch and Blood Angels, get absolutely decimated with their supplements, which I still consider uh, absolutely terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna stand by that. I uh, when I played my Blood Angels for, uh, a year ago and actually did well with them, I already told everyone in three or four months' time they will be shredded because the 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 Space Marines are the only faction that were nerfed in 9th edition because of their power level in 8th, at the end of the 8th, and especially earlier with their second 8th edition codex, which is an absolute shitfest and a mess by itself, with the supplements added, everyone was so fed up with Space Marines that they actually got nerfed. So we the, the core keyword was added to the whole edition, but the Space Marines were nerfed in the most way by that because they relied so heavily on those rerolls and stuff. Um, they got uh, the biggest point increases and they their supplements very much lost in power comparatively. If you compare the White Scars or Raven Guard supplements to like even the Space Wolves, which are pretty good, and the Blood Angels, you can just clearly see the difference in design um, and what was considered appropriate. Like uh, you have the Saga, in Space Wolves Codex. That's a good um, actual um, comparison. You have a saga in Space Wolves Codex, uh, which gives you advance and charge, but only after charging himself. Like the aura is then distributed. Ravengarth has the same warlord trait. He just has that aura all the time. Like that. No, 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 like additional uh, things he must do. It's a very good comparison. And the armies are similar too. So yeah, I I'm not very surprised Space Marines fell off so badly because they just gained super. Um, they lost so much on the release of Ninth Edition and with their codex. They were good for a time, but then you see like new codexes get point drops instead of ups, and the disparity just widens so much. It was similar in eighth in the way because uh, they were just the first codex, right? So by the time like half the other factions got their book, uh, the Space Marine one was obsolete, and then they luckily got a revision. And yeah, that was absurd. Like you've mentioned, uh, yeah, we'll see if that happens again. But Pompey, um, you've already dabbled on stratagems, and that's actually the next section in the book. So. Let's go there. Any standouts? Giving your one of your units OPSEC in the command phase. I think this is ridiculously good. 
And this is exactly the type of stuff Space Marines need to uh, compete now. Because as I've said, you don't want to take troops. And this is something that supplements the army super well. Any ar in any army, this will be very strong, but in Space Marines, this is a godsend. I think this is my favorite one. And the Devat push is still pretty good for any tricks. There are some standouts, I mean, some good ones. But there isn't just like something that just jumps out at you and screams, this is going to like make the army work super well. So um, when we started speaking about Black Panthers, you you've mentioned that you know the amount push is worse than it was. So we got a rework. What was it like before the change? So um, before the change uh, in their index, uh, and it was obviously going to be changed. So like no one is surprised that changed because the the actual strategy was junky as hell. <laughs> um, it just make a unit pile in in the beginning of the fight phase not make a move not like fight it just made them pile in with all the rules attached to piling in it basically meant you could place a unit three inches from your opponent and then at the beginning of your fight phase pile them in into the combat completely bypassing the charge phase like charging in which is which was both good and very bad, um, but it it was a, such a tool like to 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 make your. There were so many tricks attached. You ha, you could do so much with that. What you could actually do, which was one of the most abusive things I think, was uh, bring an inter uh, impulsor. I'm sorry, uh, full of blade guard veterans, uh, from which you can uh, disembark after moving, but you cannot charge. Well, now you can just pile in into the combat. <laughs> so you can make a, make a vehicle move, disembark after moving, and just basically charge. Um, which was worse. You didn't get your shock assault in. You weren't fighting as fight first as you do when charging. But it was still an absolutely incredible tool to use. And uh, I think if you brought uh, a chaplain with you, you could turn that three inches into six inches. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> which is insane. Back then, yes. everyone had Overwatch automatically, and oh, I wish I was playing that. And I, I just see myself laughing in the face of tower players using that. Yeah, that uh, but so much it's fun. a thing. It's a thing of the past now. Mm. Yeah. So now the stratagem is very solid. It it works similarly, um, but it, this isn't a pilot now. They just make a normal move if they are not within engagement range of enemy up to three inches. So you cannot like modify it with uh, the chaplain litany, for example. And if they are already with an engagement range, they then make a pilot move. So that is modifiable. And this happens at the start of the fight phase and a fight phase, which is very important. So either yours or your enemies. It's still a very useful uh, stratagem to have. Like mm, some of the possibilities, uh, like coming out of the ruin with your infantry unit or any unit. Uh, shooting, and then in your fight phase, you can just move back uh, behind the wall, so you're not uh, in the open anymore. That's one of the um, possibilities. Um, other ones is probably like uh, making it to your uh, piling in or moving onto the objective in which you are not on to take it, 
to score it on your, uh, the beginning of your command phase, or just blocking the enemy from try pointing you uh, with his charges. There's so many useful things you can still do with the stratagem, but it isn't as good as it used to be. Yeah. Um, right. I also hmm. like, especially that I, you know, I tend to use in all the seven games or no, eight games that I played, I tend to use uh, a chaplain. I I find this bombastic delivery quite cool. I wish it cost one CP, but two CP is still, uh, you know, for such an ability where you get one litany to be out to pass, and then you can cast one more, or well, sing one more litany. I find it really strong on a bike chaplain that is like a moving buffer for the army. Yeah, this this stratagem is definitely a standard as well because I think um, Black Templars more than anyone uh, will be reliant on their chaplains, and you probably in most uh, typical lists bring two, which makes just uh, th they basically need this stratagem to make two uh, chaplains. I think I said chaplains right, <laughs> chaplains work because they tend to be unreliable in pairs because you can put the extra stratagem, the uh, the warlord trait of casting uh, on plus one through your roll, uh, just on one dude, basically a warlord or a guy who gains this warlord trait. So now yeah. they can actually make two chaplains work uh, quite consistently. And as a reminder, how convenient it is that we're actually giving away a chaplain mini. Haha, <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, it's like we've foreseen it. Uh, speaking of chaplains, bombastic deliveries, although I really like that name, but kind of disappointed that it doesn't really deliver anyone in a bombastic matter somewhere into enemy lines or something. Uh, never mind. Uh, the next section are the Black Temple specific litanies. So um, having two chaplains, you might actually want to use one of these uh, or are any of these usable i think very much so yeah so uh quickly reviewing them most of these are great you have one that gives a unit they're all um pick one unit within six so there are basically no auras here which is a shame but at the same time i see why because they are super powerful so you have uh, 5 plus uh, ignore all wounds, so just feel no pain on a unit, very strong, defensive buff. Uh, then you have uh, one that makes any uh, wound roll of a 6 a mortal wound, in addition to any other damage on a unit. Uh, to a maximal, maximum of 6, but still very strong, especially on a unit of uh, maybe Vanvets with claws because they real wound rolls native, natively from the claws, so they are a perfect target for that. Um, you have one that gives a unit plus uh, one attack, like a whole unit, so every model gets plus one attack. Mm, basically, they're all good. You might consider, because there are so many choices here that are solid, uh, is what I said previously, that you might consider taking two uh, chaplains. It's not a 100% thing, I think, but it's um, compared to other um, chapters, I think here is, is something that you might do. Yeah, it's absolutely justifiable. And again, you can make them uh, incredible beat sticks that are 
uh, above even anything else. They are just quick. You can take them on bikes. You can take them on jump packs. Uh, and they, they will always deliver. Uh, Oath of Glory, com com like combined with uh, Benediction of Fury uh, and so on, it, it just sounds so painful. Uh, yeah, uh, that's definitely something I would consider. Mm -hmm. I think the 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 weakest points of the whole supplements are world traits and relics because uh, myself I just don't see anything here uh, except for making your character stronger. But I think um, now when building your list in Space Marines, you're looking for something um, to to support your army more than making your uh, your expensive character a bit stick that will probably train. Uh, trade for one other unit and just die. Uh, and I cannot see anything either in World of Trace or Relics of this variety. The standout would probably be the the Relic for the Chaplain, which makes him roll additional d6 when casting a Litany, again uh, making them more reliable. And then uh, if you are playing a certain list, uh, which I will talk like in a second, I think Aurelian Shroud is a must-have, but this is still a nerf from their pre its previous iteration, which is because this this relic from uh, for anyone that doesn't know, um, it just you can unveil it at the start of the command phase, and for the whole battle round, next battle round, uh, you will have a four plus invulnerable save in an aura of three inches for core infantry units of Black Templars around the character uh, who wields it. So this seems very strong, but after exam examining further, I don't think there's so, there are so, so many targets for this, as you might expect, because it's only core infantry, and it's a, it's a straight-up nerf from its previous version, which just worked in the same way, but gave out the, the invon to everybody. Or just core, but not infantry. So you, then, uh, yeah. yeah, three inches mm -hmm. is just very a very small distance, by the way. Uh, it kind of is, but yeah, you can probably extend that with some war trait if you need it. The problem is, it's one turn only, and it works just on infantry, um, which isn't ideal. But I think there, it's this is a straight up combo with one of the units Templars got. But other than that, I just didn't find any. Like, actually, when I was building my first list with them, I didn't bring any of the relics. I just had nothing to choose from. <laughs> Which um, only shows, you know, how how bad the relics might must be. Uh, there's there's. There's also one which I don't want to skip because it's very much talked about in the on the internet. From what I've seen, it's Tannhauser's Bones, which reduce the damage, incoming damage to your character to a one. So any damage he is dealt is turned to a one, which is a very strong defensive buff. Um, I just don't know if a defensive buff on your character is what uh, is something you would like. Like it doesn't benefit the army at all unless he is targeted, right? I think there's 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 a build there. There's something you can do, like taking this on your uh, pumped up chaplain smash character will make him into an absolute beast. 
You can buff him up with Transhuman. You can give him the Benediction of Fury, some mad litanies, uh, and probably a badass Warlord trait, which gives him even more attacks, like Imperial Sword, and he can be reliably very hard to kill and deal a lot of damage. But that's expensive. So what would you say to a concept of I'll call it a skew list, although I, I, I'm not sure if, if it uh, earns that. But a, a list that foc- would focus on playing very cagey uh, and would focus on making the army as durable as possible. Because it seems to have a lot of tools, uh, you know, an aura to give invulnerable saves, a vow that gives 5 plus to, uh, to stuff, including uh, vehicles and so on. So just play cagey, play durable, play to the mission. Would that work with this book? It's a it's a possibility, but I think then you are playing kind of a worse version of many other armies like Dark Angels. I think if you want to play a defensive KG stable army, you might just go with stable uh, Dark Angel Terminators because they mm-hmm. are a bitch to kill. They're super tough. They all have OPSEC. Um, and they just don't require so much stuff to make it work. And then you have you can invest in that other part of army, which is because um being defensive will never work by itself in Warhammer 40,000. It just will not. You have to kill your opponent in some way. You have to be able to interact with him in some way. Um, because otherwise. Like, I've had this exact thing with Death Guard. Death Guard was an army that played defensively, was very stable, very tough. And they were considered one of the better armies um, when they came out. And they super quickly fell off. Like, one month after the Codex or two months, no one was playing them anymore because you just learned to play around that very easily. Um, and this, if you if you go into super defensive build, I would never play that now because I know how it ends. I've played uh, my fair share of Dark Angel uh, like Terminator blobs, and I just don't find these kinds of builds survive. If they become good enough, they will fall off super hard. Is what I mean. And another question is: Is that an enjoyable playstyle? Because playing KG. Hiding most of the time, you know, being survivable, but not having the, the like teeth to to actually uh, hurt your opponent it doesn't, you know, it isn't for everyone. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like you said, it isn't for everyone, but I mean, some people might enjoy it. Uh, definitely not me. I just go in hoping to come out the other way. Glass cannon all day long. Uh, anyway, so we've talked about. Warlock traits and relics. So the next part is relic bearers, which sounds unique, but it's pretty much a recurring theme in ninth edition books. So it's unit upgrades at the cost of points. And I think these look not so bad, at least some of them. So um Umba again, your opinions on those. They look good, like um the Crook Subsidian, which uh the problem with them is that only one model in the unit gains them, which is very important to know. Uh, So basically, if you take a defensive relic on a unit, only one of the models has it, and when he dies, it's gone forever. 
which is a big minus. So if you take a defensive buff like uh, ignoring minus one uh, and two AP, or the one that uh, reduces the damage coming in by one always, I think they have their super interesting uses. Like I see the relic that uh, reduces the incoming damage by one, and I see it on like a grav unit, which has a they have a stratagem in just core space marine books that makes any uh, they can improve their save by one if they are targeted with a damage characteristic of one. So that just makes it super nasty. They can make uh, they can it can make them super defensive. Mm-hmm. The problem, the biggest problem, is something I've already said so many times. Space Marines are starved for points in their lists, and that is just more points to put in, into sometimes into a single unit. Uh, single I th- model, even as you said. Yeah, exactly. So <sighs> they need to be tested, is what I'm saying. I think there are some things here that might might make your units super good but you need the point investments and i just don't know if you have this like this possibility and this luxury of spending your points here right i mean the icon of heinemann feels okay-ish on a blade guard fair yep absolutely i think most of these like um the holy orb or the seal so yeah the ziggins yeah i wanted to say about the seal Mm -hmm. like the seal seems incredible it just makes one of the units absolutely a murder. Like it, if they get their targets uh, to their target with the Sigismund seal, they will delete that unit. Like a unit of vanguards or bladeguard veterans or anything else, if they make it uh, into combat with the units uh, they have chosen for the Sigismund seal, they will delete that. Yeah, they're absolutely a standalone unit if if they bring that with them, which is what we were talking about with Space Wolves as well. So so in here, absolutely. And the the, the incredible part is that you get to choose. Um, uh, did I read that correctly? That you get to choose that at the beginning of the battle round, or is it only the first battle round? The start of the first, first battle round. round. Oh, okay. Then no. Then I thought it was better uh, because the first battle round. You, you just choose one enemy unit. If you kill it, the seal has no use then. Exactly. Uh, that's if this if he could do that every turn, that would be an auto pick for me. The problem is like um, you would love to put that on an expensive big unit to make the best of it, like ten vanguard veterans. Which now, if you take them with shields, is you're talking three hundred points in the squad. Then you put the seal on them, and it's an old 20, so they are 320 points. That's a big chunk of your army. And we are coming to the point in the meta, like uh, I'm talking cutting edge bullshit meta, (laughs) in which many, many, uh, many games turn into a roll-off. The the edition is currently heading in in a very dark place in which Sometimes the output of many armies, like orcs with their buggies, or Admech, or now uh, the Age of Tyrannids has dawned upon us with their 12 high guards everywhere. And they, those lists will delete those lads, those, this, these 320 points, before they even see the battlefield, basically. 
and that's a steep price to pay again. I'm scared this isn't good enough with what I'm telling. I think if that supplement came out a year ago, it would absolutely rock. It would be considered broken. I'm sure about that. But I don't know if we are at the place in which this is good enough now for Space Marines. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see and, and, and check for ourselves. Uh, I know that there are plenty of diehard Black Templar fans, so so we just need to, to, to wait and see how they fare in tournaments. I think they are very... They are interesting. I like the fact that I think they need to be tested. They aren't straight up bad. They definitely aren't straight up broken. Uh, although many people say they are because of the vow and one thing they we will come uh, like we will discuss in a bit uh, and i think they need to be tested it's very hard to tell uh, they they don't seem like anything else they don't compare to any other space marine faction or chapter which is i think good but um like we were talking i don't I don't know if they are even a melee chapter anymore, which is weird to say about Black Templars, come on. Yeah, that's true. But if there's some uniqueness, then I guess that's good. Probably not that easy to find among all of the colors of power armor that you can take. Uh, so what about the uh, secondaries? They only got three, surprisingly, because um, I think you usually get four. Um, any one, any of these worth picking, uh, or are they all just a bit too situational? Um, they are all absolute garbage, in my opinion. <laughs> like I, I don't want to even spend time on the on these. I don't believe you will ever ever choose any one of these, which is a problem for Space Marines a bit. But um, many Space Marines factions have this problem. They already have oaths, so we are good enough. Yeah, you don't need anything else, do you? At yeah. that point. <laughs> Probably, yes. But uh, none of these seem any good. Like, any good. Yeah, they seem uninspired, to say the least. Like, the Battlefield Supremacy one, where, you know, you, you need to be you score four points if you took away um, an objective marker from your opponent. Okay, I understand that. That's fine. That's something that, all, you know, other armies have as well. But a chaplain needs to be on that objective right now? That's like... <laughs> Just adding an extra condition to something that was already there. Um, come on, GWs, you, you you can come up with something better. This is oh, literally geez. shock tactics from Space Marines. Yeah, which which you probably never took even because it's very hard to do and very situational as well. And that would have you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so but no, thank you. Thematic. It's thematic. Again, we're back to uniqueness and. Uh, you know, with yet another supplement for Space Marines, um, it's that's just hard to find nowadays. I really, I actually like the the one carry out your vows, but I like it because you know it has the dependency on which vow you took, uh, which is nice. Although I haven't reread really what you need to do, and uh, the primary condition is actually quite hard to achieve, so you're probably not considering that anyway. But it's, it's a nice mechanic, I guess. I guess I just, like, I, I cannot bother with these. I think we've seen so many secondaries, and that's one of the drawbacks and falldowns of 9th edition. I think the secondaries are a great mechanic, 
that is kind of wasted because you only see a couple of choices from all of your things. You, you like most of the um, faction secondaries could be great, and there are only a couple of standouts in which you see constantly, and then they are just absolutely awful picks, which you will never take. There's no middle ground. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's true. I think, and that's um, something that we uh, we tried to do in I think in eighth. Uh, in the north of Poland, there was a time when uh, Joker and myself, we opted for uh, introduction of ITC-style missions. In you know, It was back in the day when we had like tactical cards and you had to draw missions and so on. So to, to, to step away for that, from that for a little bit, we, we played ITC missions and we even uh, had those missions at one of the Tri-City Heresies. Uh, the problem with that, and the main complaint that we've heard from people, was that uh, even though there is a choice, there isn't really a huge choice, and you know most seasoned players just pick out like three missions or, or something like that that they do in every single game, and after like twenty games, they are already fed up with the mission system because they always play the same because it just doesn't make sense to pick anything else, and I think we're close, very close to that right now. The secondaries in the supplements and in the books uh, are rather forgettable. And then you mainly stick to the missions that are the most reliable and that you know that you can score with your army. So if you know your army strengths, you're probably going to stick to three, four mission tops. And then the rest just doesn't matter, which I think is quite sad. And as you said, uh, as, sorry, as you said, uh, like a, a wasted opportunity. I mean, I think we are in that place already. Yeah. Um... And well, ITC is the reason we have this mechanic in the first place. It's there like the majority of playtesters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but yeah, it's like you said. I mean, you don't take the killing missions because everyone builds lists around that to not enable the opponent to score points. And then you're just up with uh, you're left with sometimes the mission-specific one, like I know priority the priority targets one or uh, direct assault. Uh, Which by the way have awful internal bans as well because there are some that are ne you will never take and there are priority targets which is a free 15 points. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's what I mean. Then you always have the choice of either stranglehold or um, engage in all fronts, but you never you're probably never taking line breaker or whatever it's called now. Uh, then you usually get one good codex secondary. Uh, which tends to be ridiculous at times, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Then you probably have banners on some missions, and yeah, or data, data yeah. of course. And uh, oh, yeah, that that's pretty much it. I think. I mean, you might want to take warp ritual sometimes if you've got the army to do it, but still, it's not a never-ending list, is it? Yeah, I think I think this is <laughs> basically it comes down to the fact that I think Games Workshop um, assumes people will just take the secondaries in the manner of I can probably do that, and that's fine. But you're never gonna gamble with your secondaries. If we are talking competitive play, this is something you just need to be sure you will do. You need to do this to win, right? It's your. It's it's not like um, 
a risky play right here or uh, something situational or I count on my dice on this special roll. This is something that needs to ha happen in the game every time you play. Uh, so you're just taking the most reliable stuff. You're never going to risk anything with your secondaries. And, and we, most of these, if, so basically if anything has a, a small chance of fucking up or a small uh, possibility that the requirement is not going to be met, it just flies out of the window. And it just needs to give lots of points reliably uh, at that. Just... Yeah, like if you if you listen to any interviews with with uh, you know players who uh, placed in top three, for example, of any major tournament like I don't know LGT or Nola or whatever, like Malik Rubio, for example, he will tell you that he focuses on those objectives that give you that allow him to score one hundred points. He doesn't even look at those that are uh, the front the twelve because he realizes that the top players at the top tables they need to score the maximum points so so they only go for those that can bring them full 15 and so on so yeah the the the, the number of of those is is limited and they they only make safe picks so yeah that's where we are we digress that's we do. where we are so um back to the black templars and we still wanted to cover death watch so um data sheets up next um anything worth looking um personally i'm not taken aback by any of these um so the high marshal helbrecht is basically your 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 chapter master which you're probably not gonna take unless you really want to he has nothing super great going on um, to, to take him, and he's super expensive. Then you have Grimaldus, which I think is absolutely a choice. He has many great uh, things going for him, like the special buffs he gives out. He is super expensive, because 140 points is the exact same price uh, that the chaplain on the bike is with his uh, Master of Sanctity upgrade. But I think he might be worth it, actually. Um, I have put him into my list for now. Uh, we'll see if he's gonna do, if he's gonna make it and stay there for a longer uh, amount of time. But yeah, I, I like him. Uh, and then you have Emperor's Champion, which is nothing. He doesn't exist for me, which is sad. I love the model. Uh, but yeah, he's just a company champion, nothing special at all, like at all. And you have then you have the spice. Uh, which is Crusaders and Primaris Crusaders squads, which are one of the most um, disputed, debated, and highly controversial things currently on the Space Marine internet thingies and forums. Because some people say the 20 men strong units of Space Marines are going to absolutely demolish the meta. Um, <laughs> and some say they aren't good at all. And for the longest time, I thought they are not good at all. And slowly I'm building towards taking some and just trying them in practice to see. Because they are something completely new in terms of their size, the support that they can have from the Codex, like the Relic, the Orion Shroud, as we've discussed, the special Relics that you can put in a unit. The great uh, litanies. 
like a five plus uh, female pain, right? So they have probably a great defensive force. I'm very skeptical about their offensive stuff yeah, and capabilities uh, and the damage they can put out. But I think there might be something there. The problem is, as always with Space Marines, their cost. Because this squad, like the Primars Crusader squad, fully kitted out, would probably take about 350 to 400 points, which is a lot. And I'm just scared to put this amount of points into one unit in Space Marines. But uh, some people say they will absolutely um, break, break the meta and leave nothing behind. So. Yeah, with, we'll all the things, with all the things that, that Primaris bring to the table, uh, having such a huge unit probably will be, you know, it will definitely be something that your opponent cannot ignore because you can put transhuman on them, uh, etc. So, so they're they will be quite difficult to erase. Uh, question is, will your opponent choose to try and erase them or just play around them? I'm scared. Uh, that's uh, that's a trap. It's, it's basically a playing a blob. Um, the problem which uh, which I have is is comparing them to other similar units in the game, not in the Space Marines themselves. Because uh, Sisters of Battle had uh, Adeptus Sororitas had a similar thing in their codex. In they could take a blobs of 20, uh, 20 sisters, and they had a great support for them, and they were priced incredibly well, and they still didn't make the tables. So, basically, I'm on defense on the unit. But I think there's something there. Yeah, the, I mean, Space Marines can bring apothecaries, right? And apothecaries can bring like models. And uh, the sisters could take like a hospital here. So, same thing. Right. Okay. I just don't know. I'm <laughs> going to be 100% honest. Unless I test them extensively, I don't know if they are any good. But they are very interesting. So do you plan on, on bringing this army to any tournaments in the future? Uh, probably uh, not on the, uh, for a tournament, but I'm bringing them for my local league. Yes, I will test some of the ideas I have uh, in like in the long term, in the not super competitive uh, like uh, setting. Environment. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, I have a build which includes like Grimaldus, some, uh, of course, Redemptor Dreadnoughts because I'm going to be abusing the 5 plus Invan. Uh, I have some spies in two Storm Speeders with scouts in them. Uh, scouts are never seen in Space Marines at all, but here you have a stratagem that actually makes them obsec, right? So they might have a um, place. They can still, objectives pretty nice with that. And with storm speeder storms, which are assault vehicles, so you can disembark after moving. Uh, I think there's some cool th things you can do there. Mm. I'm not super uh, optimistic about my build. Uh, I think it's not optimal too because of, obviously it's a first draft. But yeah, I'm gonna test some things out. I'm scared of the terrain basically. I think uh, in WTC on WTC terrains and tables, you will struggle with uh, finding line of sight on vehicles, but we'll see. Let us know how that goes when you get a chance, and then maybe we can revisit Black Templars. So uh, I think we've covered all of that. 
so that just leaves the uh, even more new uh, supplement. Should we call it a supplement? But the Army of Reno for Death Watch, and you've mentioned Death Watch is one of your actual favorite Space Marine chapters. So I'm sure you can tell us all about that one. So what does it do? I mean, it's an army of free notes, so it obviously has its restrictions and some benefits. And as far as I know, uh, you can't take one of the most standout units in Deathwatch, which again is the Redemptor Dreadnought, or even three of them, and they could all benefit from an involved save. But in that kill team, you're actually limited to taking only transport vehicles. If yes, any that's uh, that's an incredibly harsh uh, restriction to force upon an army. To be honest, like not especially for an army that bases uh, current builds base are based around vehicles and abusing the five plus. By the way, uh, Deathwatch are similar in Black Templars in this that they uh, base their defensive capabilities of the vehicles around five plus invent, which they gain from a relic. So that's a similar thing uh, with them. But that is that build is basically out of the window if you're taking this um, this army over now. <sighs> so uh, the army gives you uh, a very strong rule on paper. It basically makes you um, be able to switch your chapter tactic for your army every single turn, which is very strong. Like you can actually build a list that abuses this super hard. And the other, uh, you get some minor, uh, some extra stratagems. Uh, three of which I think are kind of meh, but there is one that just blows my mind still. Uh, it costs three CPs. Uh, but either in your shooting or fight phase, if you are fighting uh, a, a battlefield role which you've used, um, for which you have the uh, specialism, or, no, yeah, yeah, basically you have to have a specialism for the certain mm. um, battlefield role. All your hit rolls are wound rolls automatically. That's cute. That is neat. This is. This is just ridiculous, to be honest. It costs free CP. It's super expensive. It has the restriction of like the making sure you're targeting the correct battlefield role. But if you do, oh my god, that seems so powerful. Yeah, I mean, you just delete a unit, don't you? Pretty much. It kind of seems to. Yeah, yeah. It just you just point a unit and it dies, which is a tool that many armies would like to have. Um, the problem with the Army of the Round, I see, is that I don't believe currently you can play with this type of army that it suggests you do. Like it basically forces you to do, which is huge blobs of just Space Marine bodies on the table by themselves. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, you can take Rhinos and um, Corvus Blackstars and stuff like that, but you're basically playing a Space Marine Horde, which is so expensive. Like, I um, I tried to make a list for a quick second, and when you 
when you're trying to uh, make a kill team that has everything you want to, uh, and it then the the you you count the points and it comes to like four hundred and fifty points, and you're Ouch. just like, wow, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so like that bright point. I think we have. Um, there might be something wrong with, uh, with with this list, yeah. Okay. And what do you do at this point, right? It's a bit disappointing. Are Deathwatch veterans still more expensive than the regular Space Marines, despite, I know, not not really differing that much, other than having, I know, more war gear options. Is that still a thing? Uh, I believe it is. Yes. Uh, if, yes, they are. Um, they are basically priced the same as the uh, uh, intercessor. They are tw- twenty points for uh, each. All they get for that is uh, compared to uh, a normal tactical marine is one attack, one leadership, and they have a special bolt gun built in with special issue ammunition. By the way, uh, rest in peace, special issue ammunition. We miss you greatly. <laughs> And pronouncing it really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit. I will never recover from uh, mutilating all of my marines um, by removing their storm bolters. <laughs> that was many storm bolters. I still have them. I hope they will come back, but not with this army of renown from from what I gather. Yeah. Uh, I would love to play that list. If if I was um, if I was uh, uh, more of a chill down, laid back, casual player, I think I would actually uh, play this all day long. I don't think you can play this type of uh, Space Marine horde with Space Marine bodies that die relatively easily now to many, many, many things, uh, and just base your whole build around that. But I would love to. I yeah. hope I'm wrong here, by the way. <laughs> it seems I, I... cool, right? Uh, there are some tricks, and then just these squads in Corvus Black Stars looks pretty amazing. But yeah, is it going to win anything significant? Probably not, from what you're saying. I hope I'm wrong. That's what I'm going to say. I hope I'm super wrong. I hope this is absolutely overpowered. Uh, over the top bullshit, and I'm just blind. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I oh. I see this this 450 point squad dying from 10 hellions or two um, dark uh, dark elder characters, or just couple of planes and uh, Laskan uh, chickens, and I will be just sad sitting there. <laughs> well. Who else can prove you wrong other than yourself? There's so much to test right now, and there's so many new builds coming out and new armies. I've gotten myself um, head deep into Thousand Suns recently, so I have so much to test that I don't know if I will get around to playing that that uh, that archetype of Deathwatch. Right. Um... I think that's it then. Uh, I think we've covered the topics for the day. So, um, Tweak, what are we doing with that giveaway? 
Uh, We're announcing we it on Facebook and Instagram. We, yes. Yes, I think we will do it like that because I still need to concoct a list of all the play, of all the people who um, who subscribed to the channel and so on. And uh, I think we can, or I can make a video of a draw actually happening, so everyone sees that it's legit and nothing was rigged. And then once uh, a person is selected, I will uh, do my best to reach out to that person and to confirm like the details for shipment and so on. So uh, watch this space because anytime now uh, a post on Facebook and on Instagram will drop with the lucky winner. Okay, so that's that. There you have it, guys. And um, remember about that survey we mentioned in the beginning. If you've ever felt down, um, obviously um, due to reasons related to the hobby of Warhammer, uh, feel free to uh, let us know how you felt. And I mean, it's completely anonymous, uh, but we are going to discuss the results of that uh, with a special guest we've got lined up in one of the next episodes. And I think that's it for today, in which case, thank you, uh, Pumba, for coming in, talking to us about Space Marines for quite a long time. Cheers, thank mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me and see you, hopefully. Yep, hopefully. And uh, thank you to Week for, uh, oh, can't really thank you for choosing Space Wolves because <laughs> as a Thousand Suns uh, fanboy and player, uh, I hate them. Uh, but yeah, thanks for thanks for being here and uh, sharing with us your thoughts and your your journey into coming back into the hobby. Thank you, guys. And uh, that's it from us. So remember, uh, we're on Contact Lost. Uh, if you like our content, hit that subscribe button on YouTube or whatever you're listening to. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, trying our best to feature there. So yeah, that's it. Thanks for tuning in and uh, hopefully you join us again for another of our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.